different road. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Okay, you can be seated. Thank you. So, wow, you've come to church. We've read the whole chapter of James 2. We've learned about Geno's stakes, and now we're going to learn about Pat's stakes. So, James 2, 14 through 26, according to Pat's. All right, something I didn't tell you is that Pat also had a sign hanging in his window. It wasn't provocative like Gino's sign was, but it, so Gino's had the sign like, you know, if you order, speak English. Pat just told you how to order a cheesesteak, all right? So this is what the sign still standing today in Pat's Steaks says, how to order a steak. Step one, specify if you want your steak with or without, all right? With or without. And that's with fried onions or without fried onions. If you're a rookie, this should come naturally. If you're not a rookie, this should come naturally. Specify plain, cheese with, provolone, American cheese, or pizza steak. Step three, have all your money ready. Do all of your borrowing in line. Step four, this is my favorite one, practice all the above while waiting in line. If you make a mistake, don't panic. Just go to the back of the line and start over. All right? So my first time going to Pat's, I legit... Long line, Pat's is always crowded, Gina's is always crowded because everybody hears them, everybody goes there, but I'm, I don't recommend you go there. They're really not the best steaks in Philadelphia. You got to go to a more smaller shop. This is a tourist trap though, right? So you go to Pat's and I see someone get kicked out and they got to walk to the back of the line because they didn't know how to order. They didn't read the sign. Maybe they didn't read English. Just saying. Oh, sorry, I didn't go there. Um, so I'm practicing as I'm going up, right? I, I want a, a cheesesteak wit because I like fried onions. And I want provolone. All right, cheesesteak with provolone. Cheesesteak with provolone. Get up there. I do it great. Get my cheesesteak, and I, and I eat it. Not really, you know, the best cheesesteak I've ever had, but it was good because it was Pat's, and, and you paid extra money for it because of the notoriety. So now how do you remember James 2, 14 through 16? Do you want your faith with or without? Right? That's how you're going to remember that it's, are, are you going to have your faith with good deeds or without good deeds? Right? Which one is it going to be used? Use all, right? That's what we'd say in Philadelphia, right? So faith with or without. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It's dead and useless, right? That's what James 2.17 says. But there's a common misconception about faith with or without. And that is this. Ed kind of talked about it a little bit earlier when when he got up right before announcements. There's so many of us that kind of approach God with our heads down. Like, okay, God's not going to be happy to see me today. Why? Because I I got sin in my life. God is crazy to see you today. Like, he's so excited that you're here. He's going to welcome you in heaven one day. But you see, we feel like if I did some good deeds, then God's going to be happy. If I did some bad deeds, God's going to be sad. There, There may be some truth to that, right? God doesn't want you to go do bad deeds. But it's not your good deeds or bad deeds that get you into heaven. And that's, that's the misconception that I had growing up, and maybe you've had or you still have today, that you think it's your good works that get you into heaven. It's like, okay, I, I screwed up last night, so today I'm going to be extra good and do a lot of good things for other people. I'm going to carry their groceries to the car, and I'm going to walk someone across the street, and, and what else can I do to do a good turn, right? It, it, that's the misconception that we all have, because this is what Romans tells us. When people work... Their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Right? None of us would say we're perfect, would we? Right? I don't think any of us would say we're perfect. 
But it's only when, when we have faith in God that now we receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And that's what gets us into heaven. That's what it means to be saved. That we'd be saved from our sin, that we would receive the work that Jesus has done. I can't do enough good work. You could never do enough good work to earn your way into heaven. So faith without works is dead because it reveals a heart that hasn't been transformed. That's why faith without works is dead. It's not that I should try harder to do good works. No, I should yield more of my heart to the Lord, that I would be transformed. That's, that's what faith with or without is. So I would say it in another way. We're not saved by works. We're saved for works. How many of you noticed our Shiloh vision up on the, the coffee swoosh there? It looks great, doesn't it? It was up there last week. If, if you only noticed it uh, this week for the first time, you're a little delayed. Um, but we didn't say anything about it last week, so I, I feel compelled as we're talking about faith wit or without to talk about our vision for a minute, right? It all starts with knowing God, and, and that's what we've just talked about, right? It's, it's a relationship that God wants to have with all of us, that we would know him. And once we start that relationship, it goes on for the rest of our lives. It's not a once and done. We, we know God, and that's, we start a continuum. But on that continuum, we find freedom, Right, Because when I come to know Jesus as my Savior and I start that relationship, he frees me from the baggage I've been carrying around. He he frees me from my past. He frees me from the burdens that I have as I give them to him. He frees me. I find freedom. And then I realize, wow, God, if you put me on this earth, you put me on this earth for the reason. Like, what's the reason? Why am I here? Why am I breathing oxygen today when others aren't breathing oxygen and they've died already? There's a purpose that we all have. I want to discover that purpose. But if I would use the football analogy, knowing God, first down. Finding freedom, first down. Discovering purpose, first down. Do you win games with first downs? No. What do you need? You need touchdowns. The touchdown is making a difference. See, faith with works is the touchdown. Faith causing you to make a difference is the touchdown. God has not called us all to know that and and to warm a chair here this morning. He's like, if you have genuine faith, you're going to see you're going to see activity in your life that's producing good works, right? So I, I might, might say it in a, in a different way. Suppose I was an orange tree. How hard would I work at growing oranges? Would I be like, oh, I got to grow an orange. No, it's not going to work, right? I just got to be. I, I just got to be in the sun. I got to receive the rain. And if I'm an orange tree, what's going to happen? I'm not going to grow apples. I'm going to grow oranges, right? We know that. If I have genuine faith, I don't have to uh, try really hard and strain to have good works. Good works are just going to come because that's how God intended life to be, right? We don't, we don't look at orange trees struggling to grow oranges any more than we should be striving to do good works. If we have genuine faith, good works will be there. We'll have compassion. We'll show mercy. We'll love our neighbor as ourselves. It's not that I should try harder to love or try harder to have compassion. I should surrender more to Jesus because it's my faith that's got an issue. It's not my works, right? Faith comes first. That's the genuine faith that's going to change my life. And God will will see an outcome of how we're living our life by how we're surrendering to who he is. So we're not saved by works. We're saved for works. All right, so how am I going to wrap this whole thing up? James 2 summary. We got Genos and we got Pats. First half of James, second half of James. So Gino's, when ordering, speak in English. Genuine faith is loving others to the truth, right? And, and we, we brought up Ed, we brought up Dave, and, you know, maybe some of us got trapped this morning by looking at Ed and going, wow, Ed looks sharp. Dave, 
what were you thinking when you woke up? Actually, maybe you just rolled out of bed right into here, right? Yesterday's clothes, whatever it was. Like, if you looked at both of them and, and started to judge, we all, we all can do that. I actually came in and saw Dave up there and just had a hard time not chuckling as I'm looking at him. I'm going, oh, my gosh, Dave, that's, that looks crazy awesome, you know, to have that stain on his shirt. Um, so genuine faith is loving others, right? How we show prejudice or favoritism, both both are discriminating, both are judging, and God says that's a sin. I, I don't want any of us to sin this morning, but have we ever done that? And what are we going to do about it? That's the first half of James. And that's, that's what genuine faith is going to change how I look at people when I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Second half of faith, second half of James rather, is faith wit or without works, right? We're righteous because of faith in God. It's genuine faith that produces the fruit. It produces good works. Now, what happens when we notice in our lives that we don't, we don't get it all right? All right, I've, I've given you example after example of me being on the phone with Verizon and how I struggle sometimes not to lose my cool with Verizon when they don't want to give me what I want to do, right? I'm getting better at that. But I had a different test a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, I'm not proud to tell you I, I didn't fail. But it's coming. It's coming slowly, right? So Meg and I are on vacation in Mexico. It's an all-exclusive place. We've got a great deal to go down there. And they provide free beverages in your room in a little refrigerator. I'm like, this is awesome, right? So I open it up. I take out a bottle of water because it's really hot outside, and the, and the water is warm. I'm like, what? So I'm like checking in the dials, you know, turn it to cold, give it a day. The water's still warm. I call the front desk, and I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry, but the refrigerator is not, not cooling the beverages. Could you, could you bring a new refrigerator? Sure, sir. We'll, we'll get a new refrigerator out there. I'm like, this is great. Okay, so two days in, they replace the refrigerator. I wait that night, pull out a bottle of water, and it's warm. Brand new refrigerator. Obviously not brand new, but it's not working again. And I'm like, like this is just unbelievable to me. I've, I've made a couple of calls now. So now, next day, I go down, and I want to talk to the manager. Sure, sir, we'll let you talk to the manager. He's not here right now. Just take a seat over there. I'm sitting, reading email on my phone, waiting 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm getting annoyed. I'm, I'm sorry. And, and the person comes and says, the manager's out on the property. You could continue to wait longer, but I'll tell him, and we'll get you a new refrigerator. I'm like, look, I don't understand why I've got to come down here three times already to tell you, but, like, how hard is it? Just give me a refrigerator that works. Okay, so, so the guy promises me, and, of course, I get back to my room, and they're putting it in a new refrigerator, and guess what? The third time, the refrigerator worked, but I'm checking out tomorrow, right? <laughs> like it took all, all of my stay to get the refrigerator to work, and I had a less than great attitude about it. Um, so yeah, what kind of, what kind of fruit was, I, was visible in my life? Now, maybe they were, they were oranges because I'm an orange tree. I can't produce apples, but they were rotten, right? It, it wasn't good fruit, and I'm not proud of that. Pe- people should look at my life. They should look at your life, and we should be what? We should be reflecting who Jesus is. They should be seeing fruit from our lives. It says, wow, I want to get to know you more because the way you handled that, I've never seen anybody handle that situation before. That's what I'd love people to say about me. Instead, you're just an ornery New Yorker that's going down to Mexico, right? Yeah, Ugh. sometimes at my core, I'm still ornery. I got it in me. God, I don't want it in me. I want to give it up. So what kind of faith is evidenced in your life today? What fruit do you find is that faith producing? It's not that I need to try harder to be polite. I need to surrender more to Jesus and bring this to him and say, God, I'm, I'm going to put my orneriness at the foot of the cross 
Because as my faith becomes more genuine, fruit is just going to come. Sure, I could try harder, but now I'm falling into the good works mentality where if I do more good works, it means something. I, I need to put my faith in God and ask God to change my faith to make it more authentic and more genuine because then the fruit will be there. See the difference? Some of us, we just fall into this trap of trying harder and instead we need to be surrendering more to, to who Jesus is and that's how the genuine faith is going to overtake us and you'll see it in terms of how you love others and you'll see it in terms of what fruit you have in your life. So would you stand with me as we close in prayer today? Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. Lord, thank you for James 2. God, I'm challenged by it. Lord, I pray all of us are challenged by your word. God, that we don't want to stay the same. Lord, we want to love others to the truth. Show us how we do that, God. Lord, how do we love like you loved? You, you went further than I've ever seen anyone go before with love, before you spoke the truth. Lord, we, we just jump right to it and, and we just put walls up. So, so God, forgive us when we've done that. Lord, help us to, to show love. And Lord, I, I pray as well that, Father, we would take a, a good look at our lives. What's the fruit that's coming from our lives, Father? It's not that we've got to try harder to grow good fruit. Lord, we need to surrender more to you because, God, it's out of the abundance of the heart that our mouth speaks. Lord, it's not we've got to change our words. We have to change our heart. We've got to change our attitude towards you. So, Father, we surrender who we are to you, God. Lord, you know the faults we all have. You know where, where we just put our foot in our mouth too many times. God, and it's not good fruit. It's not reflecting who you are, God. Lord, change us from the inside out. Lord, help us, help us to have the genuine faith, Lord, that the, the fruit is there that, that reflects who you are. So, God, we, we bring you that. We confess it to you, God, and we know that you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us today. Lord, we want to walk differently. We want to walk in a way that the world would see us and we would be a light to them. So I thank you for this challenge of James 2, Lord. I, I ask, God, that you bless each one today. Lord, this word would remain with us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we are starting a prayer team. Um, they're going to be down at the sides of the altars. They would love to pray with you or I would love to pray with you. So have a great day. And if you need prayer, please feel free to come forward.